0: Those three words are words that children will say and it brings tears to your eyes. Those three words are words that you wish you could hear one more time from just someone that has passed on. Those three words are the words, I love you. You see, tonight you find in Scripture those three words as you take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 31, verse number 3. And those three words are illustrated all throughout the scripture. You see, it was as Jesus was on the cross and he was saying nothing, yet at the same time he was saying everything as he expressed his love for us. You see, it was that time when you were sitting in the car and you were listening to that song or you were singing in church and that hymn just spoke to your heart and it's as though those three words, I love you, the Lord reminded you of. It was that time whenever the Lord used your child as that child walked up to you and said, I love you, that you were reminded as a child of God that you also hear that oftentimes from your Heavenly Father. It was those times whenever you're listening to the preaching or you open up your Bible or when you're sitting down outside and you see the sun that is rising or the sun that is going down and you look at that sunset and you're reminded just by the picture that God has painted that He says, I love you. You see, notice what the Bible says in Jeremiah, chapter number 31, verse number 3. As you think about the love of God tonight, I believe as you heard the testimony and you heard what the Lord is doing, in Womack's life, that is something that spoke, is that the Lord loves them and they want to take the love of God to others. The Bible says in verse number 3, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Those words that are found right in the middle of verse number 3, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. If you were to try and describe the love of God, it is near impossible. There have been many times whenever you may have been pricked in your heart to share a testimony in a service, and as you began to reflect on something that God had done reminding you of His love, you couldn't get the words out because it was so hard because of the reminder God had done in your life. You try, as people have asked you occasionally, or maybe you've had conversation, and somebody might say, well, what does God mean to you? As you begin to reflect on His love, you can't even express it. You can't ex- describe it. You can't explain it because it's too unfathomable. Frederick Lehman hit it on the nail when he penned the words of this hymn, The Love of God. He said, could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Where every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above, would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. As you think about the words of that song, it still doesn't reach the love of God. It doesn't even touch the love of God because you can't fathom it. One preacher was speaking to his church, and as he was speaking to his church, he began to just share his heart, and as he began to share his heart, they went back on the video as they were looking back and trying to post that video, and as they were listening to, because the, 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 one of the assistants had to go through and, and kind of listen to the entire sermon and make sure that there were things that weren't just kind of fillers that didn't need to be taken out, and as they were listening to that sermon, it's as though without him even knowing he wrote a poem. And they took it to his office and talked to the preacher and said, Hey, preacher, I want you to listen to this clip and, and pay attention to this. And they asked him, they said, Was this notes in your message that you had written down as you were sharing these things? Were these things that you had memorized? And as he was sitting there listening to the entire message as he was speaking for just a moment, he said, I never even put that on paper. It was just something that was working in my heart. And these are the words that he spoke in that service. He said, The love of God is unfathomable and immeasurable. Like the stars splashed across the black canvas of the universe or like the dark blue waters of the deep oceans of the earth. It's unquenchable like an empty grace. In spite of man's rebellion, rationalization, rejection toward God, our Lord continues to reach out to us all. If the line cannot be crossed one day in death, when the opportunity to turn to Christ will be lost. The love of God is unstoppable and movable like the foundations of granite mountains anchored deep into the heart of the earth. Thank God He loved us when we didn't love Him. The love of God is indescribable. Words fade and fail to picture the beauty and burden of Christ's love for you and for me. The love of God is incomprehensible. Sinful and selfish men find it difficult to understand. Why would one who is so holy die for those who are so vile and wicked? Why would one who is so lovely for the, die for those who are so hateful? Why would one who is so perfect love and die for those who are so flawed? Who would one who is so giving for those who are so greedy? Love, oh, the love of God. You see, tonight as you think back on the love of God in your own life, I pray tonight is a midweek service. Oftentimes as you come to a midweek service, you're just trying to make it through to the rest of the week. As you're trying to make it through Friday afternoon when you finally clock out and you're done for the entire weekend and you're able to just spend some time with family on a Saturday and come to the house of God on a Sunday, Wednesdays are typically that time you're saying, I just need something that'll get me through. Well, tonight I pray that these three words will get you through, that the Lord loves you. As you come to the house of God tonight, as you look at verse number three one more time, the right in the middle of it, he says these words, yea. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. You see, there are many reasons in our own lives why we don't deserve the love of God. When you think of certain things with our own lives, oftentimes we come to realize we don't deserve the love of God simply because we're unworthy of it. And that's true, we are unworthy of it, but that's just how great our God is. We're ungrateful of it oftentimes. The the love of God in our own lives, we look at our circumstances or we look at things that we're facing and we're ungrateful for all that God has expressed to us. Simply those three words, I love you. We're unfaithful to Him. We're often indifferent to His love. If you go back to the book of Malachi in chapter number 1, verse number 2, if you remember the entire book of Malachi is He's trying to get their attention. But in the book of Malachi, verse number 2, the Bible says right there that they, they asked that question and very simply said, you, you say you love us. How do you show that you love us? You say, what, what, what is this love you speak of? As Malachi begins to express to them, what are you talking about? Are, are, you, are you missing it? And oftentimes we like to get on certain individuals and certain passages of Scripture and we ask that question, how could they not understand that? We like to talk about Peter whenever he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to fall as he took those steps into the water. We like to talk about his denial and we like to give him a hard time. We like to look at other passages of Scripture and get on certain people, yet don't we do the exact same thing oftentimes with our actions? The love of God. The Bible says one more time, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Tonight, can I encourage you, don't try to understand it, just accept it. Don't try to reason with it, just accept it. Don't try to reach it, just accept it. Tonight, as you were to sit down and you were to take a pen and a piece of paper, and if you were to try to write out the love of God, you would find yourself saying, how do I even start to describe the love of God for me? If you were to try to start it and then continue it, you'd find yourself stopping multiple times as you were trying to describe in the perfect way to illustrate God's love for you and for me. Yet God's word does just that. Yea, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Notice with me four things quickly tonight. And there are words that you find in this portion of Scripture. Notice with me the first word, that word I, speaks of love's person. Love's person. As you think about the love of God, it is He alone who loves us and reveals that love to us. The Bible says right here, Yea, I have loved thee. One of the most precious sayings that you find whenever your children walk up to you, you long to hear those words, I love you. As your children move out of the house, my parents have expressed this many times, and Kelly's parents have expressed this many times, that you can't wait for your children to give you a phone call just to tell you that they love you. As you think about children in our church right now, I'm sure many of you parents, you love to hear those words, I love you. As a child runs up to you at night or that child runs up to you after you've just gotten them a gift or you've spent some time with them, they just sometimes walk up to you randomly and you may be sitting there not paying any attention. That child walks out of the room. They don't want anything. They don't want to try to talk you into anything. They just want to remind you, hey, mom, hey, dad, I love you. And you begin to think it probably has brought tears to your eyes before, or it's melted your heart before, and you think back on those moments. How much more, as you think about the love of God in our lives, should we rejoice in His love? The Bible says in First John chapter number four, verse number 19. We love Him because He first loved us. In verse number 10 of that same exact chapter, the Bible says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In 1 John 4, 8, the Bible says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If you were to go and you were to describe and you were to talk about all the many other gods that are all throughout this world, And many of them have characteristics about them. Some of them were peaceful people. Some of them might have been people that were were trying to be righteous people. And some of them might have been people that were good people. But none of them are described in these words, For God is love. Yet our God is. Our God in Scripture is very simply those words, For God is love. Buddha was not love. He still isn't today. Muhammad was not described as love. And he still is not today. The Bible tells us, for God is love. You see, these words right here, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, remind us of the love of God as it starts out, I have loved thee. You know, as you think back on God's love for you, it does do us all good sometimes just to go back and be reminded. You, You say, I'm not worthy. No, you're not, but He still loves you. You say, I don't deserve it. I'm too vile. That's true, but He still loves you. And what a reminder that is. You know, there are times in my own life whenever I'll be sitting there and I'll be thinking about the blessings of God. And I'm sure you've done this before. And you might have just come through a a time where where the Lord might have used you in in a special way or God was doing something in your life and you're trying to figure it out and you're stumped at what God has just done. And you're reminded that even in spite of us, He tries and He desires to use us. Even in spite of us, He loves us. Notice with me the second word we find in this portion of scripture as you go with me. The Bible says, yea, I have loved, notice that next word, thee, loves personal. That word thee speaks of each and every single one of us. Not only does God love in each and every single one of us, but he does so in a personal way. You see, every single one of us tonight in this auditorium are different in many capacities. Some of us have certain likes and dislikes. Some of us have certain things that we like to partake of and some things that we're not real serious about and some things that we would love to jump in on. And we have personality traits and different things about us, yet God deals with every single one of us in a personal manner. You see, the things that you say, God would never care about that little thing, He does care about that little thing. You say, God would never work in that area because He is not concerned about that. No, He is concerned about that. You know why? Because He loves us in a personal way. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, verse number 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us as an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweat-smelling savor. Galatians, chapter number 2, verse number 20, the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Notice those words, precious words that we take for granted sometimes, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Some of my favorite words that are found in the entire book of Philippians, chapter number 3, verse number 10, starts out, that I may know him. You see, as you've come to realize, and you're no longer trying to reason with God's love, You're no longer trying to to figure it out. For many years or many days you might have been rejecting the love of God, but there came a time in your life when you were no longer fighting and you said, you know what, I don't understand why He would love me. I don't understand why He would die for me. I don't understand why He does the things in my life that He desires to do. I don't understand all the blessings, but I'm tired of rejecting God's love. There came a time in your life when you said, I'm tired of putting it off and I'm going to accept Him as my personal Savior. And you see, that was just the beginning of you experiencing the personal God that you had never experienced before every single day of your life. I look back and I love listening to to certain stories about people who are missionaries that go over to foreign countries and they reach people. And I remember, I've told this story, and I'm not going to expound on the story, but the missionary, uh, the, the, the young person that had came over to the States, and he had, was going to try to get an education. He walked into a Baptist church, and he was presented the gospel and got saved. And he came back some months later and began to talk to that pastor and said the, that the God that he worshipped, all those years he had never had a prayer answered. The God that he had worshipped all those years, he had never seen him do something in his life, yet the God that he had been worshipping just now for maybe a couple of months, he'd seen prayers answered. He'd seen God working in his life and how personal God was. What a testimony of the love of God and his personal love for us. Number three, notice with me the next word. word everlasting. You can't fathom it, you can't understand it. That word everlasting means to last forever. It means it's undying, it's never ending, it's endless, it's without end, if you would. In the book of Malachi, verse number one, or chapter number one, verse number two, as I mentioned it a minute ago, the Bible says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Sometimes we can't understand just how long and how much God truly does love us. But it's with an everlasting life. As that child was presented to you, as you were uh, pregnant for nine months, mama, and that child came to you and it was finally holding that child, as tears probably streaming down your eyes, you for the first time were able to hold that baby. I'm sure in your mind you said, I'm going to love you forever. Daddy, as you were able to hold that child for the very first time and as you were looking in that baby's face and you were just picturing all that God had for that child's life, you were probably wondering what could take place and what God's plans were for that child, you probably had the thought cross your mind, I'm going to love you forever. Can I share with you that's the exact same thought God has towards you? Everlasting love. The Bible says in verse number 3, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. God's demonstration, one preacher put it, of his love is seen in the scriptures. It's seen in his sacrifice. It's seen in the showers of his many blessings on a daily basis. And Many times we miss that love. We miss it. We're so sidetracked with our circumstances or we're so sidetracked with our, with our situations in life or the things that we don't think should be going this way or the things that we wish we had. And oftentimes when you go back and you think about the many times when we're not reflecting on the love of God, it's for selfish reasons. And oftentimes it's because we've gotten our eyes off of our Savior and on ourselves. We've gotten our eyes off of the Savior and on our circumstances, on our seasons of life and then many things that we think should be going this way. And it's only when we're reminded, whether it's in our word, as we're opening the Bible in our home or we're sitting in a church service or we're listening to a song and God pricks our heart and reminds us, Hey, I just want to remind you I love you. I just hope you know tonight as you're sitting in your chair that God loves you and that He wants you to know that with an everlasting love. And notice with me the final thing that we see. As you put it all together, you say, well, how can you prove this love? Yeah, yeah. it says in verse number three, "Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. How can you prove this love? I want to reveal to you love's proof is found on the cross. As the Bible says in 1 John three sixteen. hereby we perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 15.13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I reveal to you tonight, as you look at verse number 3 of Jeremiah, chapter number 31, and the Bible says, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. If you sit there tonight and you say, "Yeah, that sounds good, but how can you prove it? He proved His love for us on the cross. And every single day after, He's proved His love for us. He's proved His love in our circumstances when we found ourselves looking around and maybe our family and our friends weren't there, but God was. He's proved Himself in the many blessings He showered upon our lives as you looked and you tried to figure out why God even would. He revealed to you His love. But as you look to the cross, you find love's proof. And in these words right here, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, are reminders for us that because of His saving grace and love, a poor man can become rich, a weak man can become strong, and a dead man can become alive because God's love for us. Tonight, as you're finding yourself just maybe just trying to make it through on a Wednesday evening, you say, I came to church, but I'm so tired. I understand. But can I remind you tonight that God loves you? And young people, as you've just come back from camp and you're fired up and you're stirred up, there may be days that are tough. But can I remind you God loves you? Hey, last week, as you were reflecting on God's love for you and all the many things, as you woke up on Monday, He still loved you. You woke up on Tuesday, he still loved you. Tonight, you're reminded that God loves you, and when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to be reminded again that God loves you. Friday, God loves you. Saturday, God loves you. Sunday, two years from now, ten years from now, you say, but yeah, but what if I do this? God still loves you. What if I get out of church and run? God still loves you. You say, what do I have to do? Nothing. Don't try to reason with it. Don't try to reject it. Don't try to figure it out. Just accept the fact God sent His only Son to die on a cross for you and for me to express His love and to show us and to remind us every single day, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done tonight and the missionary's presentation and the song tonight and the many things that I believe God has orchestrated reminding us that not only does God love each and every single one of us, but hey, we're also sent and we're also called to go and show the love of God to others. And So I want to remind you tonight, as you reflect on the love of God that you have experienced in your own life. And teenagers, you heard a message on Wednesday evening of last week. I must. Who's that person that you must and go and tell them they love them? That you love them? That God loves them? I want to remind every single one of us tonight to reflect on the love of God. You say, I don't deserve it. No, you don't. But that's just how good God is. Let's reflect and rejoice in it tonight. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, we... Rejoice in your goodness. Lord, tonight I thank you for the Womacks, Lord, and their burden for the mission field you've called them to. I thank you for our church family, Lord, and the family that we have here and the love that we're all able to experience. Lord, most importantly, Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, what a powerful reminder in Scripture that, Lord, you do love us, and, Lord, you love us with an everlasting love. And Lord, as we try to reason with it and try to figure it out, and some might be rejecting it tonight, I pray that you bring us to the point, Lord, where we just accept it. and We praise you for it. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. I pray that you would just remind us tonight. Remind us as we wake up tomorrow. Remind us as we look up into the sky and look at those stars. Remind us as we wake up in our awaited work and we're seeing the sun rise and the sun set. Lord, remind us with the birds that are chirping in the creation around us. Remind us, Lord, through the hearts and the minds of every single one of us as we reflect on Scripture. Remind us, Lord, through the church family that walks up and just gives us a hug and tells us they love us, Lord, that you also love us. I thank you, Lord, for tonight. the great and powerful reminder in Jeremiah chapter number 31, verse number 3. I pray that every single day of our lives we thank you and praise you for your love. Well, we don't deserve it. We thank you for it. We're unworthy. But we thank you for it. I pray that you would use this invitation the way you see fit. We'll thank you for that as well. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray.